broadcasting from Orchard Park, New York, and Boca Raton, Florida, it's the Freight 360 Podcast. From freight broker sales tips to sports talk, this podcast is all about helping you grow as a freight broker. We're your hosts, Nate Cross and Benjamin Kowalski. Let's talk freight. Yeah, let's talk freight. Welcome back for episode 171 of the Freight 360 Podcast. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. If you celebrate Hanukkah, what other holidays we got in the winter? Kwan- Kwanzaa? Kwanzaa. Yep. Yep. That's as far as my... And happy holidays if you don't have a specific one. But uh, yeah, did you get all your uh, did you get all your shopping done? I did not. Um, <laughs> I planned to do that this morning and our refrigerator broke last night. So we spent the morning cleaning out our refrigerator and having it replaced. And I was hanging curtains. So I did not get to go... Is your refrigerator running now? It is. You better but, go catch it. I know. Throwback <laughs> to third grade. I remember the prank calls we used to do over the phone. Hey, is oh, your yeah. refrigerator running? <laughs> oh, I love yeah. it. Love it. Well, welcome back. We got a all Q and A episode today. We've had a lot of um, we've had a lot of like really cool episodes over the last few months with guests and just special content and. Um, we can't always get to everyone's questions. So, and our Facebook group gets just blown up with questions. So we pulled, uh, we pulled a bunch today. Some of them are very basic. Some of them are a little bit more in depth. Um, my favorite one we're going to finish up with at the end of the episode. So make sure you stay tuned all the way through. So, um, but uh, this episode is brought to you by Blue Book Services. Blue Book is the resource that you need if you're transporting fresh produce. Their online database contains thousands of companies throughout the produce industry supply chain. You can easily search their database to generate new sales leads. Blue Book's credit ratings help you avoid companies with high credit risk and their team can help dis- resolve disputed loads. To learn more, go to producebluebook.com and click join today. That's producebluebook.com. Obviously, we had Doug on for three awesome episodes in, over the last few months and I learned a ton. So... As did I. I really enjoyed them. I mean, I thought they were great episodes, but I mean, from my point of view, selfishly, I said this on the last one, not only did I enjoy the interviews, but I really did learn a lot. I mean, it was enjoyable. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, the biggest thing here is I I don't care if you've been a broker for six months or for for 20 years, none of us know everything. So I think it's really important to always be open to learning new stuff and hearing from experts on you know their specific corner of the market. So um, we'll do a little sports update here. Uh, so we recorded two weeks ago, so we didn't cover sports the last two weeks because we had a, we had an extra episode in the pipeline there to release last week. Um, the Buffalo Bills are on top of the AFC as it stands right now after a couple of good wins in a row, although they're playing Christmas Eve in Chicago, and that's like Blizzard Central apparently. So we'll see how Hurricane, not Hurricane, wow, Winter Storm Elliot pans out over the next uh, couple of days. By the time this this episode drops Friday morning, um, we're going to know a lot more than we do right now on Wednesday as uh, as we record here. But uh, big, uh, a lot of big games going down the stretch here for, for teams. Um, did you see the blooper play in the Patriots-Raiders game by any chance? I didn't. So what it's like happened? it's the end of the fourth quarter. New England and the Raiders are tied. I think it was 24 to 24. And, um, you know, they, New England has the ball. They don't have, you know, you can either take a shot at the end zone or kneel it out and just go to overtime. But what do they do instead? They decide to, um, they get the ball up the field and the, and the guy will run on the ball just decides to turn and do a trick pass 
to the rear. And that guy does another pass to the middle of the field, and it's intercepted by the Raiders who run it in for a, uh, a touchdown. It's literally cons- like they're talking about it being considered the worst play of Ever. all time in NFL. Like be, It'll be the play that's talked about for decades and decades to come. So all you Patriots fans out there, you've had a rough – You've had a rough little, uh, rough little go of it lately. There, but I have to take, I have to Google it after. It's, it's just terrible. It's absolutely, absolutely atrocious. Like you just kneel the ball out, go to overtime, or you know maybe take a deep shot or something. But just don't pull a trick play where the, you know, it, I get it. If you're losing and you're trying to come back and win, you're gonna pull a trick play and that's down four or five points, right? Yes. Like, and that's your no, only you're shot. Tied. Right. Yeah, they were. I think there was like two seconds left. In the, in the game. So anyway, so um, how's uh, what I didn't see Pittsburgh. Steelers beat uh, Carolina and Carolina was favored. So that was a nice win oh, on right. Sunday. Yeah. Some sad news though in Steeler country, Franco Harris passed away. I think it was last night actually at 72. Oh wow. And Franco Harris was the guy who caught the immaculate reception. And the 50th anniversary of that is in like three or four days. And yeah. Uh, kind of gives me like goosebumps. It was just like, I mean, I was gonna say, I, I, I saw ESPN was gonna do like a special on the the 50th anniversary of it. So yeah, um, man, that's that's some timing right there. Well, you guys got the Raiders this weekend, um, Christmas Eve, I think. Christmas Eve, yeah. There's a lot of games Christmas Eve, so you guys are the prime time nighttime game there. Um, Bills are at one o'clock Eastern. They'll be. I'm actually curious if they have to move this game because they're playing in Chicago. But who knows? Um, neither team's afraid to play in the cold. It's just a matter of this, like if there's talking about like eighty mile hour winds and stuff like that. I'm sure we have, we have a lot of listeners in the Chicago area, so hopefully, hopefully you guys are safe this weekend. And um, sorry about the impending loss to the Buffalo Bills. Well, I shouldn't speak too soon, but um, but anyway, uh, elsewise in uh, in sports, um, I think Tiger and Charlie Woods won the uh, father son PNC. Oh, did they really? Uh, yeah. I mean, I yeah. didn't get a chance to watch the end of it, but I'm pretty sure they, at least from, oh no, they finished tied for eighth at the PNC, but they were like all over the news or at least the golf news on Sunday going into it. I wonder who did win. Either way, but the PNC championship, father-son championship was over the weekend. Kind of Nice. Well, good stuff. Um, let's give a shout out to our friends at DAT and we'll get into all of your questions today. Taking the guesswork out of freight with DAT. The DAT Load Board Network is the largest on-demand freight marketplace in North America, connecting freight brokers with available capacity on any lane. Grow your business with tools that allow you to find new business partners. Plus, you can quickly and qualify and onboard new carriers. With the industry's leading freight rate data, you can make clear and confident pricing decisions. Check out the show notes for a free month of DAT Power Express or Trucker's Edge. Yep, absolutely. DAT did um, their... Are they fully transitioning now to the DAT1, the DAT1, the new platform? I know we're setting up new users differently at uh, Pierce as of like a month or so ago, but... um, Whenever there's like a transition in software, I feel like there's always a little bit of tweaking and bugs that get worked out. But they got a really, a really awesome um, vision and platform that'll be, um, you know, that we'll all be using in the future here. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, okay, first question. And again, I'm going to preface this: some of these are from newbies, 
And that's totally cool. We'll answer any question. No, no questions, dumb question. And some of the questions are a little bit more advanced. So here's the first one. Uh, the broker is asking, why would a shipper consider two pallets to be only four feet of deck space when each pallet is four feet? Well, you can put two pallets side by side. <laughs> or on top that of is each your other. Answer. So when we talk about deck space, right? So if there's a partial shipment or maybe you're loading up something on a flatbed, um, you need to know how long... So from front to rear, how much of that trailer or deck are you going to be taking up? So if you're using standard pallets, yes, they are four feet. That's how long they are. But you can put them side by side. And there's there's multiple ways to configure pallets. You can do them um, the two, like the long way next to each other. You can do them where you have one the long way and one the wide way next to each other. And you have it as kind of like a, a puzzle called piece. Pin, I think they're called pinwheel. Like Pinwheeling, that yeah. yeah. That's a nickname for it. Um, and you can... Stackable. Like there's you, that one too. Like you can put them on top of each other, which was what I was thinking when I saw that question. Well, yeah, there's that too. You, it could be stacked. <laughs> if you got like E-tracks or racks mm-hmm. in the trailer, you could st- stack them up with dunnage in between. Um Good questions to ask though, because some freight can be stacked, some can't be stacked. Some insurance yep. policies don't insure stacked freight when others do. I was actually helping out a guy today. One of my agents, he's moving a, a $14 million turbine engine or turbine generator, and it's a hundred and some, I don't know, hundred and some feet long. And uh or a hundred and some thousand pounds, sorry. So over overweight way over the regular insurance value and we're just going through trying to get in quotes on stuff and you mean we're looking at over ten thousand dollars to insure a single load but it's going from houston to um new mexico and it's going on like in the middle of this cold arctic blast and you know you're dealing with possible frozen roads and you know you don't want to have an un- underinsured 14 million dollar a piece of freight go sliding off the road and get damaged that would be a bad day. A lot of paperwork. Yeah. But um, anyway, back to deck space. That's what you're looking at. Because if, you know, if a if a truck has 48 feet of flatbed space and you want to take up, you know, a certain amount of it, it'll let them know how much it weighs and how much more weight and length they can fit for other shipments to go on with it. So, but good question. That's why, that's, I guess, two reasons why it could be four feet. It could be that it was side by side or maybe it was stacked as well. So. Good stuff. Next question. And we have covered this one in some detail before, but what is the difference between being a freight dispatcher and a freight broker? Uh, ben, you want to hit on this one since you you had your you had a YouTube short on this with the FMC's FMCSA's guidelines. But what what would you say, just to you know, break it down Barney style, what are the main differences? I think the main difference really is that as a broker, you have the ability to one, accept freight without a carrier. Um, That's one of the real clear ones. Like if you are a broker, you have the ability to go and take freight from your shipper and go and source any carrier that fits those requirements. As a dispatcher, you don't have that ability at all. You only have the ability to represent the carrier you are working with, right? And also, you have no ability to handle money, meaning you can't adjust a Raycon, you can't send a Raycon. Like the only thing you're able to do is to be paid by your trucking company, however they negotiate that with you. Yeah, and that's the and, real big difference. Yeah. So, like the licensing part of it allows. So the FMCSA licenses 
freight brokers, we're technically property brokers, right? So that puts us in that intermediary position where we are able to represent our shipper as an intermediary and then go source the open market for a truck. Whereas you're absolutely right that that trucking company or that carrier, if they choose to use a dispatcher, it's the dispatcher that is used, that is representing the, the trucking company's MC and um, they're getting paid a commission by that trucking company. They're not invoicing any shippers. They're not negotiating rates with shippers. Uh, they're not in, they're not handling money in any way, shape, or form. So they're not insured. They're not bonded. I mean, everything that they do is really under the umbrella of that trucking company. And they can work for multiple trucking companies, but they should have contracts in place. Um, and again, there are value. There is a big value add in good dispatching services that have good connections with carriers. Um, but the, you know, I think there's been a lot of folks that have come out of the woodwork when it was you know, easy pickings the last year, you know, two years, just trying to get your hands out on any freight you want. And a lot of stuff, people kind of slipped through the cracks and didn't get caught. And now it's like, now that things have softened up, it's like, all right, well, we don't, you know, we don't have a need for all these, well, we never had a need for all the bad actors, but they're being exposed a lot more easily now. And they don't, they don't know what they're doing um, in a lot of cases. So um, at the end of the day, it's, you're either licensed or you're not. So there's a, with, with, there's a saying by uh, uh, Warren Buffett, I think, or he always says it. Um, it was, you don't find out who's been swimming naked until the tide goes out. I love and that. And it's like, yeah. once it does, it becomes real obvious, right? Oh, who, yeah. Who are the bad actors? Who isn't doing what they should be doing? And I mean, we saw this with freight brokers too, right? Customers, any there was so much freight moving. It was such a hot market. If you can, you can call up anybody could call up a shipper and get them on as a new customer. The question yep. was, could you actually get a truck? Get a truck, exactly, right? But a lot, but there was so much freight going around, and you know, the a, need was just so high. Yeah, that just about anybody could be, get their license and and be successful to an extent. Um, but there's good brokers and there's average and then there's bad ones. And we're going to hit on more of that later on. Uh, next question. This is a girl that was, uh, she's new to the, new to the industry and she was looking for different roles as you know, in brokerage. And she kept hearing the phrase book of business. And she said, what is, what is a book of business? What does that mean? Why are people asking about it? Um, Again, this is a 101 level thing. This is just terminology that's common in certain industries. One of them is freight. Uh, there's other agent style, like insurance agents, um, real estate advice, or real estate agents. Your book of business is is it's your customer base. It's really what it is. We call it, you know. So, like in a freight broker's case, your book of business is the list of customers that you work with. But you know, you if someone's wants to know about your book of business. You could talk about the shippers you work with, the type of freight you move, the, the volume of freight you move, your margins on that freight, things like that. So your book of business is just a, a term that we use to describe your customer base. It was new to me too when I got into brokerage. I, I always just, like even on the LTL side, it was we just call them our customers, our shippers. Um, but with I think with brokerage where it's different is a broker can can move from company to company and that book of business or that customer base will tend to move with them because they're the ones providing that direct service. It's not necessarily the company they work for or that they're contracted with, but it's that individual. Um, so yeah, was it was that something new to you, book of business when you got into brokerage or did you use it in the financial or no, banking world? It was, 
It wasn't necessarily in banking, but it's used enough in sales. And I was in sales before this. And they're just, I mean, like a couple other ones, like the industry I was in before this, like we would refer to your book of business as your desk because every one of your customers had a file and they were literally on your desk or in the filing cabinet behind you. So they would refer to like your book of business as like, how big is your desk? Your desk is so-and-so. And you just kind of pick up that from talking to other sales folks like, Oh yeah, your book of business. So, I mean, like I had heard of it, but again, you're right. It's just your customer base. It's the number of your customers you have, what you're shipping, who you're shipping with. And it refers to all of those relationships that you have. So It's funny. I have, I have used that phrase before to people that didn't understand it. And I've like, I've said like, Oh, you know, you know, do you have a book of business? And they're like, yeah, I took a course and they sent me a book. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I took finance not a literal one. I've got accounting one oh one. Like, I got two business books. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's, that's awesome stuff. All right, next question. Back to dispatchers. What insurance do I need as a freight dispatcher? Uh, none, really. There's not. We talk. I think we. Yeah, we talked about this in the past too. Um, we got some repeat questions every now and then, but there is no requirement right now. If you're a, an independent freight dispatcher or dispatching service, there is no insurance, uh, requirement. Is that going to change down the road? It might. Um, but it sounds like when a dispatching service or dispatcher crosses a certain threshold, the FMCSA is going to say, you need to get a brokerage license. That, that sounds like what it's going to come down to. And that would require you to have that. Uh, bond. surety bond in place of it's currently at $75,000 and it has been for about a decade now. So uh, I'm curious though, it, it, I wouldn't be surprised if the bond requirement goes up for brokers in the next couple of years. I mean, we've seen cost of living increase and we've seen inflation overall. And you see these different required levels tend to go up and up as the value of a dollar gets thinner and thinner. So would not be also- surprised value of a shipment right like there are lots of shipments now that are going over 100k so i mean i think the obvious is to at least get it to 100 yeah well i mean the so the the bond is really used for your freight invoices so like if you got to figure if a like if a broker doesn't pay a freight invoice to a trucking company the truck is going to go file a claim on that broker's bond and the bond company will issue that payment if they deem it's necessary so um Cargo insurance is uh, there's there's a, a clear difference between it, but I think you you might see cargo insurance requirements uh, or the, the standard go up as well because uh, they're at a hundred thousand um, dollars. You could see the bond go up. I, I you know I could see it being a hundred thousand as well. It used to be ten thousand, um, but yeah. But anyway, back to the dispatching side, what insurance should you have if you are a dispatching? business and you've got a whole bunch of employees and you guys are representing a lot of carriers, it's probably not a bad idea to have like a liability, general liability policy. Um, depending on your state, you might be required to have like a workers comp policy or something like that. What I always recommend with insurance, because neither one of us is an expert on it. We've brought in outside insurance folks multiple times now to talk insurance. Um, get with a good insurance broker, right? They can explain, and someone that specializes in transportation, they they can they can not only explain to you what you need and what's valuable to you, but they can go shop the market for you and get you different options. The same way that we go shop the market for trucks, an insurance broker can shop the insurance world for good underwriting insurance carriers. So, whenever yeah, whenever they're like same thing with like legal questions and lawyers. We're not lawyers. I don't have an yeah. ESQ after my name. 
I don't know about you, but. And to be honest, like, I think it's best to speak with the people that do that all day, day in and day out, right? I mean, and it's just a good, I think, just tip for life, whether it's business or anything, right? Just go spend 20 minutes and talk to the people that do this all day, every single day. They understand the nuances and they understand how to explain the value you're getting for whatever it is that you're trying to purchase. Exactly. Yep. That's right. Um, we'll give a shout out to our friends over at Lean before we move on here. Lean Solutions Group is the industry leader in nearshore staffing solutions with offices in South America, including freight broker back office operations, accounting, tech development, business development, marketing, customer service, and many other positions. To learn more about the vast solutions Lean has to offer your freight brokerage or agency, visit them at www.leangroup.com. Um, we will have one of our good buddies, Ryan. He's in the uh, marketing department over at Lean. He's going to be joining us in January to talk a lot about some of the really cool, new, and exciting stuff that they got coming up. Um, and appreciate all you guys as listeners. You know, we anytime that we we have an ad read here, obviously it's supporting your boys here at the show to help us do what we do to give you all of our content for free. Um, but we do appreciate you guys going and, and taking our advice and and talking to these folks. Lean's had a great level of success from people reaching out from the show. So we do appreciate that. And they're going to have more really cool stuff uh, coming up in 2023. So stay tuned for that. Uh, also, they did, um, if you guys are following us on YouTube, we do have a, a new, uh, new thumbnail style. Did you see the first one drop, Ben? I did. And you know what? I saw one of the YouTube shorts that they released like a day or two ago. And I really like the new bumping they created. We need to get the file to make sure that we have that for our YouTube videos. But I yeah. really like the way it came out. I was happy with it. Yeah, they're they're good stuff. So if, even if you guys, if you guys have like content for your brokerage, um, Lean does a really good job on their marketing side. And it's extremely cost effective. And what's awesome is like they, they love working with us and we love working with them. So it's a huge win-win. All right, moving on with our questions. Um, how do I get on the Selectus load board as a broker? Uh, you can't. So let, but let me talk about what Selectus is. So Selectus is a, it's one of those niche load boards that like you have your DAT, right? That bro- shippers, brokers, and carriers can all use. Um, and then you've got like some of your like bulk loads, which is a very niche load board that's used just for just what it's called bulk loads. So like you've, if you've got like any kind of, uh, uh, they've got the hop or like you got the hopper things with the thing that jump out. Right. So if you've got like, I don't know, bulk sand or bulk stone or something like that, like that's, those are, you have a special load board that's going to have a lot of carriers that utilize that load board service. Selectus has really become a, an alliance between carriers or brokers that are also carriers um, where they can share their available capacity and their available freight, but it's in a niche market that's typically your like your hot shot style. So you'll see um, literally like dudes posting an F-350 with a 40-foot flatbed behind it, right? For a smaller shipment or a partial. You'll see um, like your bread trucks, box trucks, um, sprinter vans. Um, You can post like a full truckload on there, but it's not very common. But so my brokerage, we are on Selectus. And a previous company I worked for, they were on Selectus. But the only way we were able to do that is because we also had an asset MC as well for the company. Um, and Selectus is totally okay. If you know if you're a broker and you're going to post brokered loads, um, 
and the, you'll set up using your asset side, but you will post your brokered loads and they will get brokered through your brokerage. And they totally are okay with that. Um, it adds value because that's a, it's a very niche market and it's really cool. I had one of our agents, I feel like I'm giving an advertisement for Selectus right now. She, she reach, out, reach out to one of their account people or marketing yeah, folks. Get a kickback. Yeah, so I got, got this guy. He's trying to move a, a smaller <clears throat> shipment. And he's like, yeah, I'm posting it. It's like partial on DAT. I'm posting it. I'm looking for like a, a box truck on DAT. And I'm just not getting a whole lot of stuff. I got him on Selectus and boom, he had like, he's like, it's working too well. He got like 25 emails within like 10 minutes for people like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, is this one still available? It's really, really cool how you know, how that uh, load board works. So if you do have an asset authority as well, and you're in that space where you're doing um, expedited or hot shot type of freight, you got to check out Selectus. It's very, very cost effective too. So um, good stuff. But I guess if you're just a broker and you don't have an asset authority, sorry, it's not going to work. Yeah. Um, Next question. Ooh, I like this one. What do I do if a driver holds my load hostage demanding more money? So there's more context to this. They attached a screenshot in the post and it was a driver talking to another. It was it was a screenshot from like a driver or carriers group, like Facebook group or something. And it was a driver advising another driver to accept a lower rate from the broker. And then like knowing, like planning on demanding an increased rate and threatening to not deliver it unless until they get it so and we've heard we've heard like they're holding my load hostage demanding detention or you name any kind of additional money and we've had this happen at pierce how how do you Um, deal with it what's your policy so i i mean i have a different take on it now that i did a decade ago but um we we went through a, a lot with attorneys and what we found out is that when you have a shipment that is crossing state lines and a carrier is demanding something and threatening to hold your load hostage, they're breaking a federal law. It's um, it's not coercion. It's it's something. Um, and I so either way, what we do now is we document everything, and as soon as they get like heated, we ex- like sounds good. Send out the rate confirmation. They accept it. They deliver it. And then as soon as it's delivered, we send out another rate confirmation with a dedu- deduction for the same amount. And we call it like a coercion fine or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it basically comes back down to the same rate. And if you know that carries in the wrong and you tell them like, go file on my bond if you want to, right? If you know that they were doing it and they're in the wrong and you're yep. in the right, it, it ends right there. We, we had one guy though that like truly believed that he was getting screwed and he went and he tried to file on it and, you know, never, uh, never got his money. So I've had, I've had a horror story with that one. I had one and this was early on in my career. Like I had a load, it was over the holiday. I think it was Martin Luther King weekend, the three day weekend. And, um, January, it was either that or no, it was a, can, it was boxing day. Cause this was a Canadian load and this was going to the we island. We to say happy boxing day to our friends up North. We had, oh, we had yeah. that one too. Yeah. But um, this load was going. What's the island off the off of on your side? Was it Nova Scotia, Edward Island? Yeah, Prince Edward Island. Um, And they were. So this was a load of Motorola walkie talkies going to the Canadian military, and they were like four hundred thousand dollars shipment. So pretty high value. Um, 
especially at the time. And it was a huge snowstorm and there was a holiday weekend, right? So this carrier said they couldn't get on the island and they needed to take the load back. So they drove all the way there, turned around and drove back to their yard, said they couldn't get there in the snow and they wanted to put it on another carrier. Then tried to like literally hold our load hostage in their yard and made us pay like, it was like an extra four or five grand. Like the load was already like $6,000 and it was like, you know, maybe a thousand miles. And then like, they were like, well, you got to pay this carrier another four grand because they got to go back out there. And then they got stuck, wanted to turn around and then did it again to us. We had like three hostage situations with this half a million dollar load going to the Ugh. Canadian police or military up there over like this holiday weekend. And that's literally, that's exactly what we did. They were like, I talked to legal and I'm like, what do you want me to do with this? And they're like, look, just keep the carrier happy, document everything they're doing, write an email, make sure you have it in writing, save everything into the system. And they were like, at the end of the day, we're not paying any of this. And I'll never forget, like the load was like 4,500 or five grand. It, the Raycons ended up at like almost $15,000. And at the end of the day, like they got exactly what they should have gotten in the very beginning. Um besides all of that. And like, that's exactly how it played out. Exactly what you guys learned. I was curious was yeah. literally what they told us. And they're like, yeah, they're like, you don't want them to take the load. You don't want them to leave it somewhere. You don't want them to do harm to it. So just keep them placated, document the unethicalness or like whatever is happening. And they were like, at the end of the day, you pay them what you should have paid them. And as long as you've got that document, they're like, you can file against the bond, but we have all the documentation that shows exactly what happened. Yeah. It, so I, it is coercion. That's what it is. Um, I looked it up. But the, um, the, so obviously, where I, my stance on it now is different than it was back in the day. I, I've seen people that have paid it and lost money trying to keep their customer happy, or they tell their customer about it, they freak the customer out. And then they yeah. they threaten or they they put their their relationship with their customer at risk because now they're like, what kind of carriers are you hiring over there? You know what I mean? Yep. Um, that's one of those things that like learn it from this question that the, the listener asked instead of you know making the mistake on your own and losing a customer or, or money over it. So or worse, um, yeah, yeah, I mean. yep. Um, I've had people that were like, I'm gonna call the cops, like, and you. <laughs> I've had people call state troopers and they're like, what do you want us to do? Like, yeah, same thing. And I'll never forget, like, because this is the first time this ever happened to me. And I remember calling them and I'm like, there's a risk department. And I'm like, do we call the police? Like, what do we do with this? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, like, and you're right. Like, that's where your head goes. It's like, well, hey, like, are they stealing this? Like, what is going on? Like, what yeah. does this, you know, qualify as yeah it's a it's a strange one man it's a strange mm -hmm. one so but coercion is defined as the practice of persuading someone to do something by using a by using force of threats and so um aka hold, I'm, I'm gonna hold your load hostage if you don't pay me money so anyway is what it is um is don't, don't, extortion? don't make that mistake oh extortion was yeah that was extortion was another one too that extortion was the main one and coercion was was another one but yeah extortion there you go. Yeah, I'm not a not a legal expert here by any means. Uh, I think that's from my years of watching Law and Order, in my younger days. <laughs> what, what is the definition of extortion? Let's see here. Extortion: the practice of obtaining something, especially money, through force of threats. There you go. There you go. And it says extortion and coercion are, are oftentimes they they go hand in hand. So, um, and isn't blackmail is extortion, but extortion isn't necessarily blackmail, right? <laughs> 
Yeah, blackmail would be. I wouldn't really apply in trucking, but blackmail is like no. I'm gonna reveal this about you if you don't pay me money. I'm gonna I'm gonna reveal this information if you don't pay me or something like that. But uh, interesting. All right. Um, next question. To increase my margin, is it better to ask for more money from my customers or reduce the carrier rates? Both. Yes. <laughs> so I was gonna say yes and yes. Um, there's uh, and I want to talk about this a little bit because it's not like you know people they think like well if I'm I'm asking for more money that I don't deserve and I'm gonna pay a carrier less than they deserve and it's like that's not what it is okay no. but if you are undercharging your customers because you're trying to be a va- like a price value. Um, and you're providing great service that's on time, it's not the right way to conduct business, right? We have that whole triangle of like price, quality, and speed. If you're getting stuff done on time and it's high quality, it's going to come at a premium. Those are not going to be bottom of the market rates, okay? So your customer should be paying more than the bottom of the market, right? And then on the carrier side, you don't just take Mr. Carrier and say, hey, can you do it for... Well, you could. Like, I need you to do it for $25 less you can find other carriers, right? So I had to I had to explain this to people and give them context. Like if a load's going from Chicago to Atlanta, not every single truck that will take that load is already in Chicago. They might have to deadhead 50 miles, 150 miles, or 250 miles, mm-hmm. right? So in their eyes, they might be thinking about how much money is it total for me and my costs. So if you can find that carrier that has a shorter deadhead, it's it's the same lane, but they have less costs and they are willing to do it for less because they're not trying to account for empty miles. Also, what is important to the carrier? Are they looking for just a high paying load or does this person need to get back to Atlanta for whatever, right? It could be the holidays or a birthday or a soccer game. I don't know. Anything. So you want to be able to find the right carrier that will get you the right rate and make sure you're charging your customer appropriate rates. And that is how you will get a, a good margin, right? You're not you're not just being cheap to cut out the other brokers by not because you don't add service. You're not just taking the first available truck. You've got to do your job and truly add value and and the more access you can provide your customer to the market, the better options, more options they'll have, and more likelihood you'll be able to get them a better rate. So, yeah, I think some, on some things too you could do. Like, that's really where um, you've heard me say this like, you get a rate or you get a date, but you don't get both, right? Because if you need this picked up in a very short time window, I don't have a lot of choices over carriers that can make that window work that are empty right now, just like you said, that are within 25 miles or 50 miles of that shipper that can get it from Chicago to Atlanta in your example, right? But if I have five days, right, the likelihood or even two or three days, right, the likelihood that I find the carrier you're talking about, the one that needs that load that picks up in the time during the day and has the transit time to get them where they want to go when they want to be there, right? That load to that carrier is more valuable. And in return, they might be willing to run it a little bit less, right? Price-wise. And I remember really where I learned that. Like, I remember I was quoting a lane 
And that's when I was at TQL. And I, like we had a lot of lane data because internally they run a lot of loads. So you could see what we were paying. And I remember I was looking at this lane and I'm like, one rate, and it was one broker, because you could see their names, like just ran this load like every day for like the better part of a year and paid like 12 to like $1,300 all year long. And then this other broker, same thing, ran it the same amount of time, but was paying like 16 to 1800 like all year. And I remember looking at this and I'm like, I don't understand how both of these brokers, and they were similar freight. That wasn't like the one commodity was very specialized or anything. Like they were both apples to apples comparison. Okay. And I remember going to my manager and I went like, there's something here that I'm not getting. And he's like, oh, best thing to do, just pick up the phone, call the broker and just ask them what's going on. You'll learn a lot about it. And I got in the habit of doing that. But what I learned was one guy had like five to seven days to run any of the freight he was moving. So basically all of his customers loads, he posted up every day and he only booked the loads if the cheapest trucks came through that day. So like the loads would sit there until the right truck at the right weight rate came through and he would book them. The other person, the other broker had to move the loads the day he got them. So he had to pay pretty much fair market rate every single day. And that ended up averaging higher. higher yeah. That was really what stuck with me. I'm like, oh, so if you've got to move it on a short time window, you have no flexibility over rate. You're pretty much paying what it costs and probably then some. If you've yep. got a lot of flexibility, again, the chance to your example that you get that care that needs to be home for their family or whatever that is on that day at that time just goes up. And for that, you tend to have a lower rate that you end up paying. Yeah, I mean, it's the same concept of like, um, think about uh, if you want to, hey, I'm going to go buy, uh, I want to go buy a car. Right. And I know the kind of car I want. I want a, I don't know, a black F-150. Yep. Sorry, all you Chevy guys out there that hate Ford. I just picked Ford randomly. Um, if you need a car like today or next week because mm-hmm. you totaled your last car and insurance is about to pay out and you, your rental is about to go away, you only have a week. And it's, you're, you're stuck with whatever inventory is in your That's- area. Right. Might not be black. Might yeah, not exactly. be like you're lucky if you get an F one fifty, let alone yeah. the interior you want, the wheels you want, the color yep. you want. And exactly. But if you if but if you know, hey, I'm ready to upgrade my car in the next few months, right? Yep. You can start you've got way more options, more inventory coming in out of those dealerships. You can look online and see if you can get one maybe at a couple cities over. And you just have way more access. Even more. Like here's, I mean, a perfect example. Like you call your your guy at the dealership and you go, hey, if I'm looking for a used car again too, like one or two years old, low mileage, good maintenance, you know, not beat up. You got two or three months to wait. Like when that perfect vehicle does get trade in, you get the phone call, then you go pick it up. It's almost a perfect analogy. Exactly. So it's all about how much time you have. And that's going to, that's going to really impact your, your price that you pay and just the amount of access that you have. So, um, and you can explain that to your customers too, right? Just the same way, Ben, that you said rate or date, you know, a lot of customers, they don't have that conversation with their brokers and it's, they, you know, they should. So. And you're right. right. Those are, again, just to reiterate, like these are questions you should always be asking of your customer. If your customer is trying to beat you up on rate, that's usually my my opposing argument. Is I'm like, look, that's great. So you want to be on the low end of the market, Jimmy? Yeah. Okay. When's this got to go out? Well, it's got to go out today. Okay. Well, Jimmy, if you want to be on the low end of the market, can you give me two more days to move this? And I'll find you a cheaper truck. Oh, well, no, it's got to go out today. 
Okay, well, now you get to explain them after you've given them the choice. They picked the more expensive one. You didn't pick it for them. And you can explain now why that is just the same way we just did. Now it's not on you, right? You provide access to the market. You don't control it. That's right. That's it, man. All right, last question. This is a good one. What separates the top brokers from the rest? So... When I thought, I mean, we've kind of talked about like you, you have to be the, you got to be that elite one. You got to be the one who's got, who's adding a little bit more value. And then I thought about it. I was like, well, what as a broker, what makes my carriers or what makes our carriers the top carriers? Right. And this, it's the same answer as what, why a customer would think a broker is a good broker. I think about it's like they're reliable. They're easy to work with. I can get a hold of them very easily. They're just pleasant to do business with. They do what they say when they say they're going to do something. And all those things go right back to a customer, right? Don't promise that you have a truck in the area when you don't. Don't promise you can be the cheapest rate if you can't. And don't promise that you can do air, ocean, rail, full truck, LTL, expedite if you can't. Right, your reputation just goes out the window there. But um, you know, there, there's a big uh, learning curve that I think com- that comes with it. And it takes a lot of time to build rapport and relationships with your customers to to get to that point. But what do you think on this one? I, I mean, definitely what you said, right? So you've got the personality and the relationships, which I think are probably like at the top of that list. And the thing about our industry is, it's a very big, small world. I've heard people say, right? It's that like your reputation kind of gets around. People do know who you are. It's not that big of an industry. I mean, it is dollar wise and everything, but like people tend to know who they're dealing with. So your reputation does matter a ton. I was listening to Freightvine actually this afternoon, DAT's podcast, and they interviewed, it's actually the oldest brokerage, I think, in the country. They're third generation. I can't remember the the name of the company, but it was interesting because the guy they're interviewing, his grandfather actually started the TIA um, or was one of the founding members. And he's talking about like how their customers that they've had for like legitimately 30 and 40 years. And he's like, that's something you just don't see in a lot of other industries where yeah. like you literally have decades sometimes working with your customers. These relationships really matter. And they like people like to work with other people they like to work with. It really kind of is that simple in some yep. degree. The other aspect is you're right. You've got to be ethical. You can't be lying about on time percentage. You can't be lying when you have a truck. And then because eventually that shit plays out, right? When they look at your on time percentage over the year and it's, you know, 90%, but the other brokers at 98, the other brokers at 98, because they're working harder, they're putting better carriers on it. They're maintaining their check calling it. Their service levels are better, right? All of their communication is more clear. Um, there are things that I think definitely separate the better brokers from the mediocre ones and definitely the poor ones. Those are, I think, your big ones. Yeah. And I would tell you too, like and this goes back to what we said earlier on is always be curious to learn more, right? None of us are an expert in everything. So you, you, there's a lot of stubborn people out there. That they think they know everything. They don't want to take anybody's advice because they think, oh, I already know everything. Um, and just there, there's new regulations that come out. There's new software improvements and new features you can get and just new tools and be willing to learn about those because as as things develop and change, if you don't change with them and stay up with what's going on in the market, you're going to fall behind very, very quickly. So, And you can also help educate your customer on what's changing as well. And that's that's going to help build trust and rapport. So that's a good question, though. What was the, the phrase? People do business with those that they know, like, and trust. 
So yep. not those that lie and are, you know, they're not Just familiar with and all that bad stuff. So good again, stuff. I, over, a no, over a long enough period of time, like bullshit kind of floats to the top. Like people can see it. Like it's <laughs> fun. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> like, That's a good way to put it, man. Here and there, but over time, like people are going to notice what's going on and eventually that's going to play out and the chickens come home to roost and you end up with nothing at the end of the day. For sure. Other quote I always liked, do what's hard, the rest of life becomes easy. If you do what's easy today, the rest of life gets just a little bit harder, right? And every time people try to get to the shortcut to just get the fast money right now or this month or this week, right? it inevitably bites you in the ass taking the yeah. shortcuts, like whether it's quality, whether it's service, whether it's ethics, eventually like that money runs out and you're left with no reputation. And it is a ton harder to establish new business relationships with that. What'd your old boss say? You had two things, your phone, yeah, and your reputation. you got to have two things as a broker. It's your, your phone and your integrity. And if you lose either one, you're done. Integrity yep. stuff, man. I mean, you, you get you you make a bad judgment call and you lie one time. It, you're either going to lose that relationship altogether, or it's really, really hard. It takes a long time to to gain that trust back. So it takes a lifetime to build and a moment to squander. That's it. Look at this. We're getting some getting yeah. bonus uh, bonus quotes out of Ben today. That the Proverbs guy. Um, good episode. We appreciate you guys with all the questions. And hope you have a good holiday season here. Ben, what do you what do you guys got going on for Oh wait, isn't it like freezing cold in Florida? Or it's gonna be freezing cold in Florida? Yeah, it really is. I hope we gotta talk like, about this. I I mean, I've been wearing like long pants and like sweatshirts most of this week at night, but it's going down to like 45 um Saturday and Sunday. They said it, I mean, it's the coldest winter in Florida in I think 30 years. There have been a couple days here and there since I've lived here where it's gone down to the 40s, but I mean it's going to be very, very cold. <laughs> like, All you brokers out there with a big storm coming through and people taking off on the holidays, it. go make that money next week. Yep. Go ambulance chasing. There's going to be issues out there. Oh, huge. I mean, as soon, like, absolutely. I was, we were talking about, you were talking about this at the beginning of the episode. I do most of my business in Chicago. And I'm like, when that city freezes over, I'm like, it's like Christmas literally and figuratively this year because yep. everything gets jammed up the trucks freeze over they can't get them started like and again this is just part of you know normal winter but this is going to affect the whole country so oh, yeah i mean you got people that are expecting whether it's five loads a day or 50 loads a day to get out of their loading dock when these trucks start freezing over and these roads start freezing over they're going to get backed up. It's going to screw up everyone's schedule. And that creates tons of opportunity for our industry. That's that's exactly right. So you're going to get a mini surge next week is what I would predict. I mean, yep. they're, they're, like the Weather Channel, they weren't like predicting. They were guaranteeing like there was going to be massive power outages. There was going to be massive damage from trees falling down. And you got, you're talking about hurricane force wind gusts mixed with snow. Yeah, that's a blizzard, but that is, and it's the whole country, like pretty much the entire, unless you're in like San Diego, like everyone's getting in. I saw Nashville has a predicted wind chill of like negative 17 degrees during this storm. So we're going to, we're going to, we might even, I saw Miami might even hit like 38, like it's into the thirties and that's when you guys like a wind wind chill advisory or something like that. And I was like, I've never seen that for uh, Florida. 
And the other thing is like the iguanas start falling out of the trees. Like as soon as I think it's, I think it's in the forties, it might be 45 somewhere in there. Like they're, they don't die. Like they wake back up, but like they literally like, will just start falling out of the trees. You'll be driving down the road and you'll just like see like an iguana the size of a small dog just falling out of the tree. (laughs) So wild. Yeah. So wild. So it's funny. My parents just got up from Florida today for the hot for like Christmas and whatnot. And, um, they picked a good time to come up cause it would have been just as cold down there. It sounds yep. like so, but they'll, they'll get to go back to some nice warm weather. Speaking of you, you got the ice rink up. I mean, no, didn't, did not do it this year. We get, well, we had like, we just moved in and we yeah, had that true. seven feet of snow. And then we got like another two feet of snow last week. I think what I'm going to do, I might, if my kids like get into ice skating, I might get like one of those kits where they like store it for you. And then they set it up. I just, you just got to like shovel off the snow and resurface it. But I don't know what, For what I spent on wood to build it last year. I was like, I could have spent just a little bit more and got the plastic kit and had somebody set it up. But, uh, Dude, that sounds fantastic. You yeah. can buy like a, buy a shed, have it just stored in your backyard and your shed. Well, they'll store it on the, the companies that you buy them from, they'll store it for you if you want. So they'll, they'll bring it out and set it up for you. They'll put the liner down and fill it up with water. And then they'll take it down and store it in the spring. And then if you want, you can hire them and they'll come out during the year to resurface it. Or you can just do it yourself. Like shovel up the snow and spray it. What's a ballpark? No, you can get them for like three grand. Oh. Yeah. I mean, that's like starting. You could could spend 10 grand if you want to. It's all about the size. And you get the boards and you get the nets and the light. It's like, you know, you can go all out if you want. But we'd probably start with the basic one and um, go up from there. But... That's uh, I think I spent like almost two grand between wood and like the liner and my water bill last year. I was like, (laughs) why don't I just spend another thousand bucks and just get an actual kit, get a hole in it, you know? So yeah, good stuff. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe next year. But uh, so what are your Christmas plans? I'm just going to cook and probably not leave our house because it's going to be cold. Usually we go to the ocean, like just go down to the beach for an hour or two, go down. My daughter loves playing in the sand, but it's 50 degrees, like. I'm, yeah. I planned on cooking. Like I was going to grill some steaks or something Christmas or make a prime rib. I'm like, I don't even know that I'm going to go do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, just going to be cooking an open presents, watching movies, yeah. hanging out. There you go. It's always fun. Especially with anyone out there in the audience has got little kids, man. It's a, it is a fun day to see all the little kids go crazy with all the presents. So I'm super excited. Good stuff. Well, <laughs> That'll wrap up today's episode. Um, what do we got next? We got one more episode before the end of the year to be topic yeah. to be determined. So if you guys got any recommendations, shoot it our way before uh, or at the beginning of the week next week, and we'll uh, we'll consider it and send your questions over too. We'll get those in next week as well. So final thoughts here, Ben. Whether you believe you can or believe you can't, you're right. And until next time, go Bills. That wraps up this episode of Freight 360. Check out the show notes for links to anything that we've referenced on this episode. And make sure to visit us online at Freight360.net to see our entire library of episodes, videos, blogs, and more. And make sure to check us out on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel for daily and weekly tips and content. If you'd like your question answered on the show, fill out the Contact Us form on our site and we'll see you next week.